0: With the 14th pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the Boston Celtics select Romeo
1: Langford, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Vincent Poirier, Javante Green, Robert Williams III, Jimmy Ogilley, Brad Wanamaker, Daniel Tice, Dennis Cantor, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker,
0: Welcome back, guys, to From the Rafters, presented by Bannertown USA. I'm here with Sam from Parquet Press.
1: What's going on? And actually, you're like the only person that like, like out of my friends or anybody that's like said the name back to me. Everyone calls it Parquet Press. Like they don't know how to pronounce it. It's brutal.
0: Really, I've just always known like the Celtics, like the iconic parquet on the floor, like that's just yeah, I a thought everybody thing.
1: knew that. Now, now that I have this account, like I've been running it for like over a year now, people like all of a sudden don't know how to pronounce the word.
0: Interesting. That's always that's weird. I've always known it as parquet. I mean, that's just such an iconic thing. Um, I thought we'd get into the big news of the day: Jason Tatum's an All Star, which I love. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, like I'm, I'm super happy he got in because. He's been working, and I kind of thought he should have got in last year, but he didn't have the stats to do it. But he's been working hard, and it's also good for his morale because obviously he lost Kobe this week, as everybody did. But, you know, he was close with Kobe, so it was tough for him to lose him. And this is a nice pick-me-up after that tragedy that happened this week.
0: I agree, and I just loved Deuce coming in with that shirt that said, my daddy's an all-star. I thought that was the cutest shit ever. I loved it. Did you see that on Twitter?
1: Yeah, I did see that the NBA poster. That's where I saw it. Someone oh, retweeted it. It's
0: great. He's he's my favorite. I love how it's weird to me because I don't know if you've noticed this. I never see Deuce with his mom. He's always just Jason.
1: I don't even know who the mom is to be honest.
0: Me neither. And I, I don't know who it is. I don't know if they have a bad relationship. He's, I don't. He's get probably to
1: better me. off. Yeah, <laughs> he's I got agree yeah. he's got the NBA money, man. Like, <laughs> I'd want to be with my dad too.
0: I agree, man. Um, anyways, I thought we'd get into the debate. That's been going on before the All Star voting went down, which is Jalen Brown versus Jason Tatum. Obviously, Tatum's already in and Brown didn't make the cut. He got snubbed a little bit, but what do you think? Who do you think should have made it? Who deserved it more? Who are you advocating more before it, the voting went down?
1: Honestly, I was pushing for Brown big time. Uh, he's been in the league longer. It's his fourth year now. Tatum's only in his third, so. It starts to get to the point where you're worried. Like, I don't know how it is to be a player, but I assume, like, you're like, all right, like, I'm starting to get in my, my I'm getting my bearings. Like, I should be getting the All Star game. And, and also, Brown's been much, <laughs> much more consistent this year. His percentages are higher than Tatum's are, even though the stats are very close to being identical, along with Hayward, too. Hayward's stats are very close to the two of them, but they've declined a bit since he came back from his hand injury. But yeah, I just think that Brown's been more reliable all season than Tatum has, but since, uh, like, right before he got injured and then since, obviously, first night back against the Warriors, he's looked pretty solid, so he's definitely earned it, and I'm happy we have Celtic in there other than Kemba.
0: I agree, I agree. So, like, looking at the percentages, like you mentioned, I'm going to go through Hayward, Brown, and Tatum. Hayward shooting 52% from the field, Brown shooting around 50%, and Tatum shooting 44 and then Hayward shooting 38% from three, Brown shooting 39% from three, and Tatum shooting 36. So, like you said, the percentages are there for Brown and Hayward even. But Tatum's just got, I think, the name that the coaches look at and see as a second option on the Celtics. And he's got the points and the clutch in him. While Brown and Hayward may be more efficient, especially Brown since he was the one in real consideration because of Hayward's injury. Uh, I think Tatum just had the name in, in coach's mind as the guy who was going to step up as the second option on the Celtics.
1: Yeah, he's done a pretty good job of doing that, of course. <clears throat> he's had some huge game. He's had multiple uh, career highs this season. He set, like, 37, then he broke it a couple weeks later to 39. Maybe he got 40. I don't remember exactly. <clears throat> but Brown's been doing, like, similar, like, breaking his career highs. Like, they're both having breakups, breakout seasons. So. I, I'd say, like, I'm more concerned, like, you're seeing them all start to play together, Hayward included, looking towards the playoffs. And with Hayward looking the way he is, it's very exciting.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think, and like you said about Hayward, I see, we saw all these rumors, like, especially around the time he missed that layup against the Suns. If you watch that game, I assume, oh, yeah. I assume you saw brutal. the clips. I saw so many people on Twitter saying, trade Hayward immediately, he needs to get off this team, he needs to go, and I wrote a whole article ranting, I'm like, if you are going to tell me that we need to trade Hayward because he made one single error, then you don't deserve to be a Celtics fan, because all those people who were shitting on him after that miss were the ones praising him when he had that 39-point game against the Cavs, or when he clutched up against another team. And those people who, like, flip-flop on players like that, I I can't stand them because you need to appreciate what Hayward does from this team. And while it might not be, like, scoring 25 every night, even though he did that last night against the Warriors, then you have to appreciate the playmaking and how he runs the offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, that game he missed the layup. It's very unfortunate, not only, like, the timing of the game, but also the, um, the timing of the play in the game. He had he still had 22 points that night. He had he, what was he eight for 20? So it's not terrible shooting, but it's also like rough timing. Like this time of year, like all the casuals come back, like the Patriots fans, like they come back and they start watching the Celtics again. Yeah, they, they have a big opinion, and they're always the loudest. I feel like the people that like they watch all the games they kind of understand. Like, you don't see like a lot of writers or like people that have podcasts like saying that the Celtics should trade Hayward. Like you just don't see it. It's not like a it's not an intelligent take, I guess.
0: I agree. I couldn't agree more. It's all those people I I forget who tweeted it. It was Adam Taylor or Stu Greeny if they tweeted, but when the Patriots lost, someone tweeted out, it's a real unfortunate time for the fake Celtics fans to come back as we're in this stretch of struggle. And I, I just love to see how they all reacted so panic And they're like, what's going on with this team? We need to trade everybody. We need to trade Hayward for Drummond. We need to do this. I'm like, you guys haven't watched a single Celtics game all year. And you're going to try to come in and tell us what we need to do to fix the team. When there's this entire community of real Celtics fans, like you said, who have podcasts, who write about it, who have watched the Celtics all season and know what's going on. Hayward is not the problem in the slightest. And I think that they don't see that when they come back and see him miss one shot. And when Smart picked his head up for him, like, there was no one who worked harder in that game than Smart. Smart had his career high, and he was the first person on that team to pick Hayward's head up and say, it's all good, we'll get him next time, we got this, keep your head up. And I just thought that was the perfect analogy of Celtics fans who support the Celtics and Celtics fans who watch the Celtics, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, being being like a, like a real Celtics fan is like it's like a cult. Like not <laughs> not like everybody gets it, I guess. And like I kind of realized this yesterday. I was in one of my classes at uh, school and like the professor was talking and we had an assignment this week based on like we had like post memes or something. So I obviously used Celtics memes because why not? That's the most popular like thing on Twitter in terms of Celtics fans who are known for like our memes. So like I use that and he was asking me about Brown and Tatum, and I just couldn't believe he knew who they were. Like, <laughs> no casuals know who those players are. I mean, maybe Tatum now, but like, yeah. less so Brown. Like, I could not believe it. I was like, "Oh wow, this guy, this guy gets it."
0: Yeah, no, I I always love having conversations. Like, I struggle. <clears throat> I'm at school too. And I struggle to find people who truly know about the Celtics. And without getting into too much detail, I was texting this this person once and i was just saying what's up whatever and i said i was watching the celtics and they go oh how are they doing without hayward and it was right after hayward went down with that injury and i i like had to pause for a second i was like wait you actually know about the celtics like enough to know that hayward's out i yeah, I, I was like exactly. stunned I was so happy and, like, genuinely excited to talk about the team that I love because there's not enough people out there who truly appreciate the Celtics. I,
1: you know what's weird? Like, I'll walk around campus at school, and, like, I'll see people wearing, like, Celtics stuff. And, like, I always kind of wish there was, like, like not, like, a gang sign, but, like, a way to acknowledge another <laughs> Celtics fan, like, you nod at each other, like like the Jeep wave. Like, when people have Jeeps, like, they wave at each other when they drive past. Like, I wish there was something like that. Like, you're in the know. So, like, you get, you get like, the little acknowledgement. Uh, from other Celtics fans
0: oh my god that'd be beautiful like I have to wait till I record these podcasts with people like like Sam here and I just like like you and I just can't can't wait to get on these podcasts and actually talk about what's going on with the Celtics because I have all this knowledge and I talked to my brother about it he's another huge Celtics fan like me but he doesn't get a chance to talk with me a lot because he goes to um <clears throat> school in New York so he's surrounded by all those fans So I just wait, and I cherish these moments where I can just really talk about it. And so, like you said, if there was something like the Jeep wave where we could just, like, no, like, I could just look at you, and we'd be like, you watching Celtics tonight? Are we watching the Celtics tonight? Like, just have an internal connection like that. That'd be be crazy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's got to be something.
0: I agree. Okay, so moving forward a little bit, like we said when the people were complaining about Hayward, they were saying, oh, trade him for Drummond, trade him for a big man. I am of the firm belief that trading for a big man is not what the Celtics need right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely not. Like that—that's another casual take. Like you just hear people saying they need a big man, so you kind of hop on saying they need a big man. But like this is this is what I say to people that say they need (laughs) a big man. Tell me like one game this year that they lost because they didn't have a big man because they don't have a concrete big Mm -hmm. man. And like Tice, I'll get to him like after we talk about this, but he's been phenomenal compared to what we would think you was going to be like this season like he's pretty solid can't complain
0: i couldn't agree more tice has been amazing i pulled up so i actually pulled up a couple stats here on basketballreference.com that's what i use for most of my stats needs but i pulled up a six-way player comparison and so i put in canter K- and tice obviously then I put in Steven Adams, Clint Capella, and Andre Drummond, because those were three people everyone was saying, oh, the Celtics need to trade for one of these guys. And then I also put in Rudy Gobert, because I don't know about you, but I see him as the best defensive center in the league.
1: Well, yeah, he's been Defensive Player of the Year <clears throat> at least once. I, I don't know if he won it last year Yeah, or not.
0: it was two years in a row. You're right, you're right.
1: Two years in a row? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I put this in. And I want to look at the per 36-minute stats, because you can't compare the normal stats, because obviously Adams, Capella, Drummond, and Gobert have played more minutes a game than the other two. So, when you look at uh, field goals attempted, let's we'll start there. Field goal percentage, field goals attempted, all that. Ennis Cantor takes the second most field goals per 36 minutes out of all of those people, and also shoots the third best from the field. He's making... In, per 36-minute stats, 8 out of 13 shots a game. Like, you can't get much more efficient than that. And while Tice is shooting 5 for 10, which is amazing for a center, he's also shooting 31% from 3. Like, I can't complain when my center is shooting 31%. Like, yeah, it's not great. It's not great for a guy who shoots threes, but if Tice, a center, can sit behind the line and hit 31% of his shots, I'm not going to complain about it.
1: Yeah, like, out of those six guys, he's the only one that takes threes. I'm 90% sure unless I miss somebody. He's the only one that takes threes. So, like, that alone is very helpful, especially when you guys have – you have guys like Hayward or Brown that really thrive on getting inside, getting to the basket, you have them to space the floor. And people forget two years ago, his rookie year, even though he's old because he's foreign Mm – he was really good before he hurt his knee and went down when Kyrie went down for the playoffs that year. He was doing really well and he didn't really get a spot so much in the rotation as much last year. And he's finally getting like a chance again. He's he's really good, man. Like people sleep on Tice too much.
0: I agree. And I think what people sleep on even more is Tice's defense. He's small. He's like looked at as an undersized guy a little bit. But Tice's defense is insane still. I'm looking at... Defensive rating. This is per 100 possessions, make it even for everybody. Defensive rating. Tice's defensive rating is higher than Rudy Gobert's.
1: Yeah. and like I think it helps that he's smaller because, I mean, he's still strong. And mm-hmm. he's quick. He can be – he's not like – you see Gobert. He gets, like, turned around on the perimeter and stuff. The play with Curry is, like, the most notable. And, like – you can have Tice on the perimeter, and he can guard people. He's like Al Horford light. Like, he's like yeah. the ballpark version of Al Horford.
0: I would agree with you. Well, and he's averaging – where's his blocks rating? Per game, blocks. One and a half blocks. That's – like, it doesn't seem like a lot when you look at Gobert, who's averaging two, but one and a half blocks for a Celtic center is good. That's yeah. really good.
1: Yeah, I can't remember the last time they had, well, Al Horford, of course, but, like, before him, like, yeah. that was always the thing. i like, I think people are just used to saying the Celtics need a center. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just always been the thing. So, like, that's kind of <laughs> what they go to, the casual Patriots fans.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. And then you have Cantor, who, if you actually sit down and watch Celtics games, Ennis Cantor is, like, a godsend, because... I can't remember, like you said with defense, like, Horford was a good defender, but I can't remember since Kevin Garnett, when the Celtics had a big man that could actually rebound the basketball, like, Ennis Cantor pulls down boards, and Al Horford last season, coward, he literally put his hands up and was afraid to get a rebound, and so seeing Ennis Cantor down there fighting for every board for his life makes me, like, cry out of happiness as a Celtics fan.
1: Yeah, before, like, they got him, like, I remember when he was on the Knicks, and I always kind of thought, like, who they, they signed Greg Monroe a couple years ago, right, and, like, Mm -hmm. Cantor also was going to get bought out, and I kind of remember thinking to myself, like, first off, I really like his, like, personality, like, I think he'd be a great Celtic based on his personality, Mm -hmm. like, he doesn't like LeBron, and he'll, like, he'll speak his mind, like, that's kind of what it's about, being a Celtic. But, like, also, like, the way he played is something the Celtics were lacking for years and years, and people were saying they needed. But they just never went and got him, and they finally got him this summer. And it was pretty great. Then he got hurt the first game. So, like, he didn't get a chance. Yeah. But I think he's perfect for the role he's in because the bench kind of sucks with scoring. So, not only does he provide scoring off the bench, but he (laughs) cleans up all the bricks that everyone else is throwing up. So, he's, like, in a perfect spot. And – Like, early in the season, I kind of wrote an article about, like, they had, when Williams was healthy, they kind of had a problem because they had too many guys that could get in the game as a big. Now Williams is down, so Cantor's really stepped into the role. And even when Williams comes back, I'm not sure how much time he's going to be able to get because of how well Cantor's played.
0: I agree. I think Williams will be used as more of a, like, supplemental piece to give them a rest or whatever and by the way guys all sam's stuff with parquet press is going to be in the tweet that i tweet this out in and in the description of the podcast so go check out all his stuff because um he writes some really good articles hey thank you i got you but um but yeah tyson canter if you look at the minutes and like the stats they play like together as if they're one of those like quote-unquote better centers in the league Like, they're playing 18 minutes for Cantor and 22 minutes for Tice, and that's probably just because Tice was getting so many more minutes than Cantor at the start of the year because Cantor was out. Meanwhile, Gobert, Drummond, Capella, and Adams play around 33 minutes, and Adams plays like 26, but that's just because the Thunder have a weird thing going on that's working for them. But Cantor and Tice together play 40 of the 48 big man minutes a game. Like They just truly run a two-tandem center in Boston, and it's working because we don't need Cantor to play elite interior defense when you have guys like Brown and Tatum who can switch over and play pretty good defense on anybody because they're tall enough, lengthy enough, and strong enough to play that defense. And so when you can have Cantor in for the rebounding and scoring, you have those two guys in to clean up. And then when Tice is in, he can hold his own against any center in the league. I don't care if it's... like i said capella or drummond or gobert anybody and if it's like Embiid, or like or cat one of those elite elite centers just have a double team ready and then switch and play the celtics defense that everyone is used to you guys playing like it's the perfect tandem for the celtics and people just don't see that because we're so used to saying oh we don't have a real big man we can't get the rebounds we can't play defense
1: yeah like like i said like you cannot go back and pinpoint a game that they lost because of, like, the center matchup. Even against, like, Philadelphia, like, Embiid would have a good game, but, like, he wasn't, like, dominating in, like, the reason why they lost. Like, the game back in Boston that they lost, they lost because they didn't close the game. Like, they should have won that game. They lost the last game because they didn't close the game. So tomorrow when they play Philadelphia, they kind of got to make sure they close the game. It's kind of important. Yeah, just a little important. (laughs) Yeah. But –
0: I think, you know, I'll, I'll give you the question first. If we
1: don't need a big man, what do you think the
0: one thing we need is? In your opinion, your true opinion. They,
1: they need scoring off the bench 100%. And uh, most importantly, they need shooting because you have guys like Williams and Kanner on the floor and guys are just leaving them like they're Simmons. I, even though Williams has significantly been better at shooting since mm-hmm. he started like over 25. But He's shooting. I've seen Bertans a lot connected to the Celtics. I, I, am not a trade guy. Like I don't know anything about salary I mean, I know Bertans doesn't make a lot of money, but like I don't know how much he makes. I don't. I don't know any of the cap space rules or anything. I, I should know, but I I don't. That's the one thing I don't know. So, and what they would have to give for him, like maybe a first round pick, like any first-round pick they're going to have this season isn't going to be that great. So, like, why not? Why would you not do that? And I also like Derrick Rose a lot mm-hmm. because, I don't know, like, he's on a short deal. I know that, and he can't be making that much money. And Detroit's probably trying to tank because they're not very good. Let me see. What
0: I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Derrick Rose is making $7 million, which doesn't seem like a lot, but the Celtics' contract situation is a little bit uh, iffy right now, so I'm not see, sure. See, I didn't
1: think he was making that much. Yeah, at all. me neither. But, I mean going back to Birdtens right he's making seven mill too he is too brutal but like <laughs> they do have like people that they could give up like
0: no yeah we can make it work
1: yeah they can always make things work like they would obviously have to give players not just picks but that's what I was that's probably the most valuable thing they're going to be willing to get up i'm i'm also like a huge homer so i don't like giving up people on the team especially like like i really like Grant Williams uh I, I agree I don't think they should get rid of him. And also, Romeo, <laughs> even though he's been hurt, I feel like they shouldn't give up on him. So
0: so the one trade that I can see that would work for Davis Bertans this season, um, I put in Lankford. Like you said, I don't really want to give him up either, but his salary is pretty high because he was a high 1st round pick. And then Vincent Poirier. And if we traded those two for Bertans, that salary would work
1: out. I saw that, like, I don't remember who said it, but it was in an article. And like they were saying, GMs literally view Poirier as like a negative asset. Like they don't want. Him. Yeah, like I don't believe. I mean, he has been like kind of like bad. I feel like he's not actually bad. Like I feel like he has like the yips when he gets in the game. Like he kind of like gets nervous. Oh yeah. But like when he's in garbage, he has he's been better lately. He's actually gotten real minutes. Like he hasn't been terrible. Like he gets rebounds and stuff. He could. He has room to improve for sure. But like he hasn't been like as terrible as he initially. No, yeah. It's, like,
0: he's older, but it's the guy's first year in the league. Like, of course you're going to be nervous, especially when you don't get a lot of minutes and you've been hurt for a while. Like, he was hurt, too. Like, he's probably still rehabbing from his injury, and he's just getting used to playing actual minutes in actual NBA games. And so I'd say give the guy a chance. I wouldn't give him too much of a chance, because I want Cantor and Tyson there. But, like, I'm not going to shit on him for playing not amazing
1: with Cantor out these, however, four games, like, he hasn't been terrible. Like, Poirier does not get in the game, and you don't say, wow, like, Poirier's in, like, time for Miami or whoever to go on a run. Like, that doesn't happen. It's not, it's not really, like, a huge problem, and also Williams has been very good in that spot, where uh, Cantor's out as well, but I agree. I also like, um, I like the idea of bringing back Isaiah, if, if they can via trade, because he makes, like, no money. Yep. And he would be a that when he first came to the Celtics, he um he was scoring off the bench. Like that's what his role was, and he was great at it. And I feel like when players play for Brad, like they have like he gets the most out of whoever he's got. So like, yeah, Isaiah's struggled since he left, but I feel like if he was to come back to the Celtics, he would have room to succeed.
0: I agree, and that actually works really well because we could manage to trade Brad Wanamaker and a pick for Isaiah Thomas, and that salary would work. And I like Brad Wanamaker. He's a good enough guy. But if we could trade him and get Isaiah back, I would do that in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough because Isaiah does not play defense. And, like, when he played against the Celtics earlier in the season when they were at the Garden, like, he had a terrible defensive game. But, like, he was never a good defender when he was with the Celtics. So, like, like I said, Brad gets the best out of his players and he plays their strengths very well. So... I'm sure it wouldn't be a massive problem, as much as people like to say it would be, at least.
0: Yeah, because you got to imagine if we roll out the same starting lineup, Kemba. Tatum, Brown, Hayward, Tice, right? Then you'd have Smart and Isaiah off the bench. So if you can have Smart cover for Isaiah someone on defense, then that'd be the perfect pairing for a guy like Isaiah, especially when you consider Thomas is shooting 42.4% from three. That is exactly what we need. We need a guy who can hit down his three-point shots. And if we can get a scorer like Isaiah off the bench, not only would we get something we vitally need for this team. I don't know if vitally is a word, but we really need for this team. Boston would go insane.
1: Yeah. Oh, I muted. No. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be great. Like, I would love to have Isaiah back. Like if he, if he came back and like, he was playing well, it'd be really great to see him like potentially win here because like, Mm -hmm. this is his place. Like, this is the team he was most successful on. The people love him. Like, Unfortunately, like Carson Edwards is meant to be that, and he hasn't really um, stepped into the role very well. It's probably—I think—it's difficult for him not to be the main focus when he's on the floor all the time. Mm -hmm. He's adjusting to that. I also think Tremont Waters has been sensational when he's been playing with the Celtics. I agree; he's been great. And I mean, he does have moments where you're like, "All right, that is a rookie." Like he'll take like a shot, and you're like, "Maybe you shouldn't have taken that." (laughs) But he's been pretty solid, and I really like him going forward. So he's exciting. Absolutely exciting. But in terms of the now, I think Isaiah, Derek Rose, or Bertans, if you can get any of those guys, might be a really solid trade option for the bench.
0: I agree. And what you're saying about Tremont, I was looking at Carson at the start of the season to take over that role. But right now, it's looking like Waters is the better player, like the more ready player than Carson. Like Carson we know has the skills we know can't score, of, obviously because of that game against the Cavs in the preseason. But Tremont Waters just looks like the more ready NBA player at this point.
1: He comes in the game and you can he makes a difference. Like he can I, – I don't want to use take over a game, but he can like manipulate a game, I guess. Like – he, he kind of reminds me of, like, Rondo, the way he kind of controls things. And mm-hmm. he's just a spark when they put him in the game. When he's active, obviously. He's not always active. Two-way contract. Absolutely brutal.
0: Oh, yeah. It sucks. That's the reason we don't get Taco time more often.
1: <laughs> I feel like they never have Taco up for the right games. I agree. Like, they had him for this whole road trip, and then they come home and play the Warriors, and he's not there. Dude, Why would you not have him there? You're obviously going to blow out the Warriors. Mm -hmm. Why do you not call him up for that game?
0: My thing is, when they called him up for Orlando and Cantor was out and Poirier got all those minutes why didn't you just give Taco a chance? Like, I know we were fighting back, but you could have played Taco for some of those Poirier minutes. Like, he can't be that much worse than Vincent Poirier at this point. Poirier is not a bad player. He might have more knowledge of the NBA, but Taco Fall can't be that significantly worse than Vincent Poirier that you couldn't put him in, especially since he's from UCF. Like, that was his hometown team. You couldn't play him at all in that game, Brad. Come on now.
1: I think the problem with Taco more than anything is his speed. Like, if you watch when he does get in the game, they leave him back on defense sometimes. Like, he doesn't even come up the floor for offense. So, I think when he's able to contribute more by getting up and down the floor, like Tommy loves to say the big guys have to run. Like, yeah, they do. Like, they have to run. So, that's probably the biggest knock on Taco right now.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that. And I will say the one thing about Poirier, if you have watched him, that dude's quick. Like, he can get up the floor faster than I would argue any center we have, except for may- maybe Tice. But Poirier's a quick dude for a guy who's seven feet tall.
1: Yeah, and I I think Danny's been really good about signing overseas guys. Mm-hmm. And like, starting with Tice, then he brought Watermaker, Watermaker can contribute. And then they didn't sign anybody la- Well, before last season, and they brought Poirier this year. And he's been a bit of a letdown because, like like I said, Ainge signed somebody overseas. You're like, ooh, like, this guy's probably decent. And he just really hasn't gotten a, a really solid chance, I don't think. It's, it's tough when you're out there trying to battle for minutes and things don't go well right away. I agree. And what we're seeing with
0: Poirier, like you mentioned earlier, Tice got hurt his first season and then he didn't really get a chance. That's pretty similar to what we're seeing with Poirier. Poirier got hurt and now he's not really getting a chance. Like I'm not saying Poirier is going to be as good as Tice is, even though Tice Tice might not be like an elite center in the NBA, but he's like a solid quality center. And I'm not saying Poirier is going to even be that, but we we got to give him a chance, right? Like it took Tice three full years to get really in the flow of things and really at a real chance in the NBA. So we just gotta wait on Poirier. I feel like he's not. I don't think he's a bust. I think he's just not given enough time yet.
1: I I just don't, like I said, I don't think any, he doesn't, Ainge does not bring people over for no reason. Mm -hmm, I
0: agree. 100%. So,
1: moving into a
0: little more the issue of us needing shooting. I wrote an article, I sent it to you so you could take a look at it, called What the Celtics Need. I mentioned how the Celtics' opponents' points and the paint per game, we're letting up less points this year than last year when we had an all-star center he wasn't all-star last year but he has been al horford all defensive team guy like great defender we're letting up less points in the paint this year without him than we did last year with him also baines Baines
1: also baines
0: yeah we had two solid defensive guys and we were letting up 46 points in the paint which isn't bad at all and this year we're letting up 43 we're fourth in the league in like opponent points in the paint per game. And so the people who say we need a center just aren't watching the games, clearly. But the real issue is the Celtics are 14th in the league in three point percentage, which doesn't sound awful because, like, we're in the top half. But all the teams above us are all teams that are really, really, really good teams, like Utah, Miami, Toronto, Indiana, like the Lakers, Dallas. Milwaukee, like all those teams have better three-point shooting than us. So I think if we could bring in another shooter, it would just elevate us. And so I took a look at the one difference, the key difference between us and all those teams is that we don't have a shooter. Now, let me explain. Tatum, Brown, and Kemba, yes, they can shoot, but they're not shooters. Just because they can shoot doesn't mean that they're shooters. Because the difference between the two is... Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kemba Walker can do so much more that Brad Stevens would never have a play where they're just sitting in the corner waiting to catch the ball because they're too good. These teams that I'm talking about, like Utah, has Royce O'Neal and George Niang, who are shooting 42 and 45% respectively from behind the line. If you tell me that either of those guys are getting consistent plays run for them that aren't just them sitting in the corner shooting threes, then you're crazy. Duncan Robinson shooting 43.4% from three. And Duncan Robinson takes 85% of his shots from the three-point line. So the Celtics need a guy like those guys who can just shoot the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you did pretty good work in this article. Like I like the percentages are great and everything. And like some of these guys, I did not even think about in terms of trade talks. Like I guess like my trade talk takes are casual because like I'm not a big trade guy. Like mm-hmm. I understand they need stuff, but like I don't think about trades all the time. Like, I don't know the salaries. I got
0: you. I got you.
1: Like that. I don't. I'm not. I'm gonna do my best to pronounce his name. Highlick <laughs> from the Pistons. He lit the Celtics up both times they played. So like that's a good call. Yeah, no, uh,
0: Svi Mikhailu, I don't know how to pronounce his name either, I've just always said Mikhailu, but um, I actually learned how to spell his name from writing it so many times, but no, he's just a guy that when he came to Boston, I'm not saying this is a reason to trade for him, but when he came to Boston, he played insane, he shot, he scored like 22 points, I was actually at that game, and my buddy turned to me, he's like, who's that white dude just lighting up the entire Celtics lineup, like, he just hits his shots, and he's shooting 43.2% from behind the line. And that's exactly what we need. He makes $1.4 million. We could trade Wanamaker and like a pick for Svima Kailu. And he could just come off the bench and hit his shots. Like his defense might not be amazing. I haven't actually had the chance to look at it. But the important part is, is that he can sit in the corner and make his three-point
1: shots. Yeah, another one you had was Alec Burks. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bryn Forbes too. Bryn Forbes is a real deal. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Alec Burks obviously we saw the Warriors yesterday he he was solid in both of the games the Celtics played against the Warriors so he's another player that's like you see them play against the Celtics and you get kind of behind them but I think he's like more of an all-around scorer too so he might be a good idea as well definitely definitely a good call
0: I agree the only thing with Burks is we might have to give up a little more for him because he's having such a good season and the Warriors are going to be looking for assets for their picks but um, I don't find an issue with that I think he'd be the perfect player off our bench because he can get buckets and he's shooting thirty six percent from three. And so if we could trade like we need to trade semi for him to make the salary work, which I wouldn't be opposed to. Like I love Semi, but he's not exactly the most effective player on the floor for what we need. And so I think trading him for Alec Burks and throwing in like a pick or like a pick in a few seconds for him would be worth it. <laughs> I wanna mention this. So I, I've used ESPN's trade machine ever. Uh
1: yes And, like, I know, like, no matter what you put in, as long as the salaries work, like, it accepts it.
0: So I put in Burks for Semi. Like, you obviously can't put picks in, but I put in Alec Burks for Semi Ojale, and it said, this trade is successful. And then there's this little thing under the players. It says, Hollinger's analysis. How many more wins will this team get with this player on the roster instead of the other guy? And so Alec Burks on our team gets us three more wins. Meanwhile, (laughs) Semi Ojale takes away 25 wins from that
1: Warriors team. I think Semi's like kind of important to the Celtics, though. Like, if if you're doing trades, like, yeah, you have to put him in there for the salaries. But like, when you see them play, like the Lakers or Milwaukee, like he's always the one in their guard in the big guy, LeBron, mm-hmm. uh, Giannis, and he's had a solid season from three. Like you wrote about it in your article. Like he doesn't take that many threes, and he's he hasn't been consistent by any means. Like he gets yeah. hot and cold. But recently, he's been solid, and he's starting to take the ball to the basket. So, I think he might be on the upswing a bit. Like he, it's it might not be time to give up on Semi just yet. Even though he has been lackluster earlier in the season, no, I no, I think he's starting yeah. to look kind of good. I agree. I, I'm like, getting excited about Semi.
0: Oh yeah, whenever I see like. You've seen in these past few games, like I think I don't know if he did it during against the Heat, but against like the Lakers and the big tier teams, Brad has been starting to roll out these eight man lineups, like these core lineups of the best players on the Celtics, where you really get a taste for what the Celtics will look like in the playoffs. I think, like even when we're all here, he just plays eight guys. Like at the start of the season, he was playing the bench a lot. He was playing a lot of the guys who, like could potentially get minutes. I think he was, like, feeling out who deserved to be in that core rotation, but now that we're starting to get into the second half of the year, I think Brad is really starting to roll out these key eight-man lineups where we can just play our best players, and Semi Ojale is a part of those lineups. Like, against the Heat, we had Tatum was out, but we had Walker, Smart, Brown, Hayward, and Tice starting, then Wanamaker, Grant Williams, and Semi Ojale off the bench, and that's it. Those are the only guys we played the whole game. Eight-man rotation, and we played our best guys. And Semi Ogilvy was a part of that rotation. Like, he is key. And the only reason I had him in trades is because his salary works the best for these guys. Right, right. But he is a really key piece to this team, I agree. His defense is insane.
1: Yeah, and, like, it's been that way for, like, since he's been on the team, like, that's been his job. They throw him out there when they play Giannis or LeBron or... Maybe Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Blake Griffin's never on a good team, but <laughs> he's one of those guys you might have to guard him with. So it's just tough to get rid of – like I said, like I'm a homer, and obviously like I overvalue the players a lot. Oh, so me too. I could be – I'm absolutely like – I'm probably wrong, but I, I think he's like – he's kind of important. Like maybe you, you don't want to give up on uh, Carson Edwards yet, but I think he might be somebody that teams would be interested in, especially like a team like – like we were talking about Isaiah Thomas, so like Washington – yeah, Like, they're kind of rebuilding. He's younger than Isaiah, and they have the same game. So, like, if he's going to fill in a role, like, he could probably go there and be successful.
0: No, Yeah, that trade would work. I just put it in Carson Edwards for Isaiah Thomas is successful. Um, Edwards makes 1.2 mil, which is less than any of the guys we were talking about because he was a second-round pick, so he didn't get a guaranteed contract until we signed him, so he got a smaller contract than the rest of them. Okay. But, no, yeah, that his contract would work. I wonder if it would work with fima kailu But no, yeah. As much as I like um Carson and don't necessarily want to give up on him, he would definitely have more value than like Wanamaker.
1: Yeah. Like like Wanamaker is probably gonna go because well if they do trade for somebody, obviously. Yeah. Because a lot of the players that you think of scores off the bench are usually the guard. Like that's usually what the scoring guard becomes in the NBA, they become a bench mm-hmm. player, unless they're like elite like Curry or someone like that. Because like they don't need to distribute the ball. They're there to be a spark, score off the bench. That's your job. Like Yeah. Hopefully and- hopefully the Celtics do work something out for a trade for a scoring guard. Hopefully Isaiah, I would really love that. Plus if you give up Carson Edwards, there's no discrepancy if he gets to wear his old number again. I agree, and I'm a big number guy. I don't like. I don't like when they don't wear the right number. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a little weird to see, and
0: like you said about bench scoring, we're the fourth worst team. Out of every game in like the season, we average twenty nine point three points off the bench. That is atrocious. Like I'm sorry. Like the teams below us are. The Sixers average 29, the Blazers average 26.9, and the Rockets average 26.8. So it's not like the teams below us are bad teams, but just like you're only getting 29 points out of your bench unit every game, that's just not good. Like we need more support for our starters.
1: I feel like the Celtics don't even get that much. Like 29 yeah. points per game. If I had a, if they scored 29 points for the bench, that's a good night.
0: I agree. I think the, I think the nights that we score more than that are just the nights that Cantor manages to pop off. Like he's the majority of the
1: bench yeah, scoring. That's true, and Smart.
0: Yeah, I don't think this tells the whole story either because <laughs> out of those twenty nine points, you have to imagine that Cantor and
1: Smart score what twenty five of them. Like it's it's tough because like all the injuries, like you don't have like a set bench rotation. I guess because yeah. you know, Cantor's been out. So you, like you say, Semi Brad. Wanamaker, and Grant have been the three, right? Yeah. No, it wasn't even... That was that game. It was, was it Wanamaker that game? He played um, Miami. Against
0: school. the Heat, yeah, but that's just because Tatum was hurt. It there about, was
1: one game they didn't play him, and they won. Wanamaker like People were making a big deal out of it.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to they remember. Played recently. I'm trying to remember what game that was. I think that was the game that we had our entire team healthy, and this is what it was. It was um, Kemba, Brown, Tatum, Hayward, Tice, and then it was Smart... Um, Canter and Semi off the bench
1: was that the Lakers? Game? I think
0: that was the Lakers game. Yeah. Which, so, if we get in the playoffs, I assume that that would be our eight-man rotation with everybody healthy, because those I think are the best eight players in our team right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you have... who who's the last guy? It wasn't wasn't Grant. It was Semi, right? Semi,
0: yeah, Semi usually.
1: Yeah. So like all those guys make sense, smart and Semi keep the defensive. I guess you could say scheme. Defensive ways of the Celtics, then Cantor's the, the spark plug off the bench. But like like we say, there's no shooting there. So, what do you do about that? Is the big question. We'll have to wait and see because next Thursday is the trade deadline.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if Ange is going to actually do anything. But Semi Ojeley isn't actually shooting terribly from three. He's shooting 375 percent. The only thing is, he only takes like one and a half per game. If Brad lets him start taking a few more maybe he can be a decently effective three-point shooter for us. Like, he's not terrible.
1: He hasn't been super consistent, though. Like, yeah. like recently he's been very good. So, I mean, like, I guess if, like, he's doing well and you increase his reps and stuff, like, maybe he'll stick. But when he's not doing good, it's it's like it's a turnover when he shoots. So. N-
0: no, yeah, I agree. Um, I think a key thing, as, like, shitty as it sounds, if we have Semi in shooting threes, maybe just throw Cantor in there because, like, I think he could <clears throat> he could um clean up so to say if semi misses a bunch of his shots
1: yeah one thing can't i think Cantor said this somewhere he says like he likes to be in there and battling for the board so his teammates like aren't so worried about missing so like i don't know if there's a way to look it up but you probably could look up like when they share minutes ogile and Cantor. like maybe his percentage goes up maybe maybe that's a thing
0: yeah no i wouldn't doubt it i i have no idea where to look that up but it wouldn't surprise me if Like, everybody shoots better with Cantor on the floor. Like, you're more confident. Like, you just shoot them. The only... Like, you, I would assume that the Celtics either shoot a lot better or a lot worse. But it doesn't matter because Cantor's cleaning up. I think everyone's more confident with Cantor on the floor because they know, oh, Cantor's just going to get my board. We don't have to worry about it. Like, he can just get the rebound. Right. So, I'm looking at... I was curious. So, I mentioned that the Celtics are the fourth worst in bench scoring. That's actually gotten worse since then. We're now the third worst because the Sixers have overtaking us but I wanted to look at the best teams in the league for bench scoring and this is interesting out of all like the top 10 teams they're either like teams with really good overall teams or just teams with really bad starters like the Wizards are second and that's just because their starters besides Beal are like awful that's just like all Isaiah off the bench meanwhile the first team the best team for bench scoring is the Clippers and that's like like what they do, like they are.
1: I think Isaiah starts for Washington. Does he? He did when they played the Celtics. Yeah, they have Ish Smith off the bench. Remember? You oh had... damn! Oh yeah, Ish Smith
0: managed to cook us in that game. That was ridiculous. Brutal. But um, no, yeah, like the teams up there, like the Heat have a really good bench, the Bucks have a really good bench, and I think that's really, really important, especially if you want to make a deep playoff run. Like the reason
1: Milwaukee's bench is just, oh my god, They're... Georgia. Yeah, that's dumb. Doesn't miss. He plays defense. (laughs) They have a really good bench. The Heat, too. I think trading for someone is important just so, like, Philadelphia can't have them. Like, if if you're looking to uh, pick up a bench score, like, trade for somebody Mm -hmm. just so Philadelphia can't get them. Or who else is bad? Let's see. Let's look at the standings. Toronto they don't have like a super great bench either
0: no they don't they're one of the worst teams in bench scoring which is surprising because I feel like if you look at their roster they have a pretty good all-around like Chris Boucher is pretty good Terrence Davis is having a good rookie season it, it kind of surprised me to see them down there but um like I don't want let's see I don't want the Pacers dude if the Pacers could get a decent big off their bench they'd be terrifying like they're one of the teams that I think could use a big more than us. Like, they have Turner and Sabonis in the starting lineup, which works. Like, they're good, solid guys. Like, Sabonis made the All-Star team. But their bench big man is Goga Pitadze.
1: Yeah, I don't even know who that is. Yeah, he's
0: a rookie this season. He's. Did you see that picture of Zion Williamson at the press conference and then this other guy who had no one around him?
1: Oh, is that? that yeah, must be who that's it is. that guy.
0: Yep. But, um, no, yeah, Philly is the real threat um in trading for a bench guy I think we need to I agree with you we need to get someone before they do so yeah I think like Philly is the biggest threat I think the key piece to winning a championship and now like today's NBA like the Warriors obviously didn't have an amazing bench but they had such quality all-stars that it didn't matter for them I think the key this year like it was last year with the Raptors is having a solid bench so if the Celtics can manage to get a shooter or just a guy who can contribute off the bench. I think that's the key for them making a big run in the playoffs and competing with like Miami and the Bucks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's all about matchups as well. Like, mm-hmm. you look at the standings. So, like, if the playoffs started today, it would be Celtics Sixers in the first round, then Celtics Raptors if they win the first round. Like, you gotta, you kind of want to get away from that. <laughs>
0: the second seed, I think, is the most important thing in the East this year. Cause I don't want to play anybody who's going to be in the 4th through six range.
1: Yeah, no, you really don't.
0: I'd much rather play Orlando or Brooklyn in the first round, dude. If we got Brooklyn in the first round, that series would go insane.
1: Yeah, I mean, was we'll, before like you you can wish for stuff. Like I kind of want to see them play. Let's see, they play. I'm going to the game March third. Our school's doing a trip, so I'll be there for that. Who are we really playing? Excited. Brooklyn. Oh,
0: so you're gonna get to see Kyrie in Boston.
1: Yeah. Oh, my them. God,
0: that's going to be insane. <clears throat> I think the East, honestly, like with Oladipo back, with the Heat playing as well as they are, as good as Milwaukee is, I truly believe that anybody could potentially come out of the East. I think that the Bucks are overwhelmingly the favorite with Giannis, how well they're playing, but I don't think it's, like, like, obviously going to be them. Like, I think anybody could actually come out of the East this year.
1: Well, the Celtics beat them the first time, mm-hmm. and then they played really bad the second time and still almost beat them. So, like, the Celtics could definitely give Milwaukee a nice challenge. I agree. Uh, Philadelphia has beaten up on the Celtics this year, which is really weird. We'll see how they do tomorrow. Um, Indiana, if Oladipo coming back might be similar to Hayward coming back, though. Like, he might not be – like or, like, Paul George. Like, as soon as they get back, they might not be as, as good as everyone hopes for them to be. Mm-hmm. So, like, that could be – an iffy thing. And I really don't think Miami's that good, at least compared to the, in when you compare them to the Celtics, like maybe the Celtics just mash up really well against them. But the Celtics played them twice. They've beat them pretty dominantly twice. Yeah. And Toronto, the Celtics haven't really played them healthy except for the first game, which they won. They won on Christmas. And then they lost that third game, which Celtics just kind of played bad that day. So, yeah.
0: It's weird. The Celtics are very flip floppy on how well they play against teams. Like, we lost to Indiana once and won once. We got beat up by Philly, but Philly's not good this year, like comparatively. We've beaten up on Miami twice, even though like they're a great team. We've gone two and one against Toronto, and Toronto's playing amazing. And then we one and one against Milwaukee. Like we just can't decide if we're gonna be good or bad against these teams, I guess.
1: Let's see, they play Milwaukee again in about a month. OK, I think that they play they play them like they play them March 12th and then April 5th. So those
0: would gonna be tests. Big tests. Yeah, exactly. I hope we can stay healthy. The one thing I would consider changing. So we were talking about the eight man rotation in that lineup, maybe giving Grant Williams a chance over Shemi. Like I love Shemi, but I think if Grant can get his three point scoring up, I was talking about with Adam Taylor. They're very similar players like right now.
1: They are, and like I did, I hadn't really thought about that because I kind of think is semi semi is kind of more of a wing player in my mind, but mm-hmm. like you're actually you're like really right, and like Grant's more of a big to me, but they're about the same size. Their main stay is defense, and Grant has been shooting very well since he started making his threes. So
0: I agree. Like if you cut out that first what oh and twenty start, it was like Grant's I'm been high, playing I pretty think. well. They're actually exactly the same height. Six six foot six listed. Yeah, even though I bet Grant's a little smaller than that, I highly doubt he's actually six foot six. But no, yeah, I think Celtics need just a guy off the bench to contribute, and we're set. Like even right now, I think we could compete in the East, like against the Bucks, against anybody. But if we get another piece, I think we'll be golden.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they compete when they play good teams, like the. Mm -hmm. the problem with, like, any Brad Stevens coach Celtics team is they always seem to play down – or play to play the level of competition, whoever they're playing. So it's good <laughs> or bad. But, yeah. like, they, they, they'll lose games a lot to, like, bad teams. Like, not yeah. so much this season, but, like, they lost to Washington. Let's see. They lost to Detroit. Um, I, I never
0: thought about that. That makes a lot of sense. Like, we play to the level of the team we're playing. That's a really good thought.
1: They lost to Phoenix, New Orleans – uh, They did lose to Sacramento, but that was earlier.
0: That was a killer. I remember that game. That was yeah. painful.
1: Just so like, like, they, they, it might also be a young team thing. Yeah, we're the least like, experienced team in the NBA. So, like, maybe they just kind of take people lightly as, like, fans would. Mm-hmm. Like, fans are like, oh, they're playing the Warriors tonight. It's going to be an easy one. And then, like, the Celtics are like, yeah, you know what it is going to be an easy one. Like, All right. <laughs> So, like, maybe that's it. I don't really know. But, like, it's, it hasn't happened as much this season as you see in the past. Like, they they haven't lost a ton of games this year, and they don't look like they're on pace to lose a lot of games. Like, mm-hmm. when they lose, it comes in bunches, and it's started in, by injuries. So, like, when they're healthy, like, they don't seem to be a team that's going to play down to people. So, that's really good.
0: Yeah, no, but we'll I, see. I think but in the
1: past, definitely, like, they'll play down to people. Like, Tatum and Brown are getting older now. So, maybe they're starting to realize, like, they can't do that. I'm not, I'm not completely sure.
0: No, yeah, I agree. I think that's a really good thought. I like that quote a lot, that we play to level our competition, whether it's a good team or a bad team. But um, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. This was some really good Celtics discussion. I always love talking about the Celtics with anybody who will let me talk their ear off, and I appreciate the fact that you're someone who actually knows a lot about the Celtics. So I don't get that a lot where I'm at. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Any, any closing thoughts, anything you want to plug or anything you uh, want to say? A few
1: things. So first things first we talked about like the Celt- like the Jeep wave if if you're listening to this and you have anything that's like the Jeep wave for Celtics fans, let us know yes. and we'll try and get people to do it um, second I I've started making these things called weird weird Celtics recaps and I love making them so like definitely check them out I post them on Twitter, reddit YouTube and Facebook uh, Facebook and Twitter parquet press YouTube is Celtic Pride and Reddit is anonymous so um if you see them give them a watch they're fun to make fun to watch um yeah so thank you very much for having me
0: i appreciate you coming on like i said guys all of sam's stuff and parquet press's stuff is going to be in the description in the tweet that i send this out in so let us know in this uh reply anything you got like you said like the jeep wave reply to this tweet that i'm going to plug this thing with and let us know what to do because we we need real Celtics fans here so um thanks for listening to from the rafters guys see you next time